What makes a Christian a Christian? I've talked to many people who have differing ideas of what it is to be a Christian. Some believe that someone who's moral, someone who is upright, others think that um, those who do good deeds go to church. Um, if you were baptized, if you um, give the charities, if you live right, if you read your Bible, you pray a lot, and all these things are part of being a Christian. But what makes a Christian? You have a lot of religions that claim to be Christian, or a lot of spiritual exercises that claim it will get you to Christ and get you to heaven. But Christianity is exclusive by default because the founder of Christianity is Jesus Christ. And Jesus himself said, I am the way, I am the life, and I am the truth. And in that breathtaking sentence is packed with so much power. If he's the truth, That means what he's saying is the truth. If he is the way, that means he is the only way, not a way, the way. And if he is the life, he is the author of life. He is the giver of life and the giver of eternal life. So basically what he's saying is, I am the truth. Trust in what I say. Trust that I am the author of life. I am the giver of eternal life. And the only way to that life is through me. It's not through Buddha. It's not through Muhammad. It's not through the Pope. It's not through spiritual exercises. It's not through prayer um, reading or church attendance. It's through Jesus Christ. And any student of the Bible would understand that the Bible is the authority on the foundation of what Christ was saying. So you have to understand that when God created the the world and people on it that our destiny was to be with him because of sin which is rebellion against God transgressions against God we were separated from our destiny to be with God why? because God is so holy and so righteous that 
you could not tolerate sin. It's like having a, a pure white room and if you introduce even a speck of dirt, that room is not pure white anymore. It's 99.999% pure white, but there's a speck of dirt in that room. That's the same with God. A holy, perfect God cannot tolerate sin, no matter how little or how big. And that's what people fail to understand. That although there are bigger transgressions than others, when it comes down to sin and holiness, that they're all the same, that the punishment is the same. Separation from God. So rather than see the creation that he created lost, he made a way for us to get to that life which he wanted in the beginning, which is eternal unity with him. So what was the solution? The solution was someone has to pay for the sins and only then, it's just like a, a courtroom where if you commit a crime, you do the time. And once you do the time, you can go on with your life. Same thing with God. That's where our justice system comes from, the Bible. Where if you sin, it's not... Because it's sin and because it's personal, it's not something that you can just work off. Because sin is an internal disease. So there's no remedy for that sin. The, the price to be paid is a perfect sacrifice for that sin. That's what the Bible called atonement. And God was leading his people to see this, to realize this in the Old Testament. He set up a system of sacrifices where they would find a, a perfect or near-perfect lamb and, and they would slaughter it. It symbolizes that the price to pay for sin is high. It's, it costs you blood. And symbolically, it would be their sins would be forgiven for a year. And every year, they would have to go through the same ritual. That's not a perfect solution. That's not a permanent solution. And it's not uh, a basically a solution at all because their sins were never really erased. It was to prepare them for the perfect sacrifice to come, which was Jesus Christ. Now, why is Jesus Christ so important? Because transgressions were against God himself. 
only God can forgive those transgressions. And because the sacrifice had to be a perfect sacrifice, only God himself could be that sacrifice. And because the requirement was blood, the shedding of blood, that perfect sacrifice had to become flesh. And that is what Jesus Christ was. God come in the flesh to die for the sins of the world. Jesus God, Jesus Christ, who is the second person of the Trinity, the triune God, be stepped into our time and space to become a man, to live that perfect life, to die that perfect death, to become that perfect sacrifice. So we don't have to because we could not. So salvation is not dependent on what we do. It's dependent on what Christ did. It's, it's almost like saying, if back to the court scenario, if you went to court and the judge finds you for your crime and says, pay this fine, you can walk. If you don't have the money to pay that fine, what happens? You go to jail to pay off that time. But if someone steps in and says, I'll pay that fine for him, then the penalty has been satisfied by the courts. Same way in God's law. Jesus Christ, the, the penalty had to be perfection. It had to be the shedding of blood. Jesus Christ stepped in and said, I will pay their penalty. I will take upon the sins of the world. I will offer up my perfect sinless body and let it be crucified for their sins. So where does that leave us? Since we didn't do anything to earn our salvation, earn our forgiveness, we have to accept Christ for what he did. Is basically saying, I accept his offer to step in my place. It's not you doing it. It's not me doing it. It's not the church doing it. It's not being good doing it. It's nothing that we could do could erase our sins. But Jesus already did that. All we have to do is receive his gift that he gave for us. This is what makes you a Christian. This is what Jesus called born again, where you make that conscious choice to turn from your sins and realization that you are a sinner, that you are lost, you are guilty before God. And realizing that, you see the truth, the way and the life in Jesus Christ and say, Lord, forgive me for my past sins against you. I know there's nothing I can do to make up for what I've already done. 
but Jesus has paid that price. Please accept his sacrifice in my stead and forgive me of my sins and grant me eternal life. That is what it makes that is what it takes to become a Christian. Then, as a Christian, you should strive to live up to your true repentance, to turn from your ways and to turn to God's ways and do those good works and give to the poor and pray and read the Bible. And, and these things are an outflow of being a Christian. It is not... It is not an exercise to be a Christian. And that's the difference. So, don't let people tell you you have to work yourself to death to prove yourself to God to be accepted. God accepts you on the basis of Jesus Christ alone. Otherwise, we are not worthy. Nothing we do is worthy. So we can stop spinning our wheels and, 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 and worrying if we're accepted and, and, and worrying if we're forgiven and, and living in constant fear of, of losing something that we could not obtain by our good works. Salvation is a gift. It's not based on what we did. It's based on what Christ did. Once the gift is given, it's yours. It does not get taken back. It does, you do not have to work for it. There's, and it's not a license to sin because if you believe that it's a license to sin, then you would have to question whether you're really sincere in wanting to change in the first place. So God knows the heart. And he knows in that moment where you had that clarity to reach out, ask for forgiveness, accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, and become one of his children, he knows your heart. And from that day, you are his child. Once a child, always a child. Live in that grace. Live in that truth and walk in it. Live every day like it is the truth. And as a child, you would want to please your father and strive to do good and, and tell others about this great gift of mercy that he's given you. I hope this helps and clears things up. God bless.